The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 17th chapter. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John his brother and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is what it looks like, and this is the reality. When you see this, Christ on the cross, crucified, you are seeing Christ the King, the one who reigns over the world. And you can only find Christ the King, the one who has won all victory, is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, in this, Christ crucified for you. Jesus is lifted up upon the cross as king. The vision of our hope, of our everlasting joy that we find in the book of Revelation, of that great day to which we look forward to, it is a vision of the crucified Jesus. He is described over and over again in the book of Revelation as the lamb who sits upon the throne the Lamb who was slain. He reigns over the new heavens and the new earth because he has made all things new by his death on the cross, by his crucifixion and his resurrection. And the only way to know Christ in the joy of his kingdom is to know him in his sufferings. It is as St. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3, My aim is to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings, to be like him in his death, and so, by any means possible, to attain to the resurrection from the dead. The church proclaims Christ crucified to the world. We who are the church proclaim Christ crucified to one another, lifting up our eyes to Jesus, to the cross, because we know that here, and only here, seeing Christ and him crucified, do we know God, and so come to the resurrection, to the fullness of joy, and to the restoration of life everlasting. Christ crucified is the only way to know God, and the only way in which we could know God. For how could we sinners who were drowning in suffering and death possibly know God unless he came to us, shouldered our sin, and suffered and died with us? The invitation that you then have as Christians to take up your own cross and follow Christ, to suffer with him, even to die with him, 
It is not that this call to you as a Christian is introducing suffering and death into your lives. Just look around you. Suffering and death are already in your lives and in the lives of those around you. They're everywhere. Your life is filled with pain and suffering already. The lives of those around you are filled with pain and suffering already. And we don't even acknowledge most of the pain and suffering that we experience. We hide it because it's too painful to bear. The invitation that Jesus gives you to take up your cross and to follow him is the invitation to know that God is with you even in these things. That God is with you who suffer. That your suffering does not mean that God has turned away from you, but that, in fact, this is precisely where he comes to you as the one who suffers, as the crucified one. God is with you, yes, even when you die. God is with you, yes, even though you are a sinner. For Christ himself has borne your sins upon the cross. You are baptized into Christ's death and resurrection so that you might pray with him, our Father, because Jesus also prays with you, forgive us our trespasses, taking on your sins as his and taking them away from you as far as the east is from the west. Jesus indeed does not call you into additional suffering, but rather he invites you that you might endure suffering with him, that your suffering might indeed become the place of your healing, even as the cross is made to be the tree of life. Now so far, you might be starting to wonder, did pastor forget what day it is? Where is the transfiguration in all of this, you might be wondering. Well, actually, this has everything to do with the transfiguration. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded Peter and James and John, tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. The reason that Jesus took Peter and James and John up onto that high mountain so that they could see him transfigured before them, shining white as light, brighter than the sun, the reason that he took them up there to see him speaking with Moses and Elijah, to hear the voice from the Father speaking from heaven, was not so that then going back down the mountain, they might go around and start telling everybody, you won't believe what we just saw. No, rather the purpose of this vision was that they might be prepared rightly to proclaim Christ crucified and risen from the dead. Jesus showed them his divine light. He showed them Moses and Elijah who testified that Jesus is the one of whom all the law and prophets, the Old Testament, speak. He gave them this opportunity to hear the Father speak from heaven so that they would know that Jesus is the word of the Lord, that he is the Son of God with whom he is well pleased. And all this was given to them so that they might know to preach that this, Christ on the cross, his death, is his kingship and his glory. That it is not that a man went to the cross and then a God came out of the tomb, but that God himself, the one who shines with all the glory of heaven is the one who died for you on the cross. That the death and resurrection of Jesus is in fact the glory of God because the glory of God is the love of God poured out for you in the blood of Jesus. So it is that when you drink of this cup in a little bit, this cup of the New Testament in Christ's blood, you are receiving the life of the one who is the light of the world. It is not just a man's blood that you drink, but God's blood. That you, even you, 
eating and drinking the flesh and blood of Jesus shall not die but live because your life is now in Christ, the eternal word of the Father. And so sin and death cannot divide you from him. Even if you literally should be crucified as Christ was crucified, yet you have light, life and resurrection because Jesus is with you. He has taken your sin and died for you. And the Father, the Father is well pleased with this, with all that his Son does for you upon the cross. For it is his gracious will that you should not die, but live, that you should live in Christ, that you should be transformed, transfigured even, that you may reflect the light of Christ and so shine forth that light to the world, that you should now be living witnesses to one another and to all the world of the goodness and glory of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, the one who was crucified and risen from the dead. If the message of the church was to proclaim to the world the transfiguration, that wouldn't actually do us any good. We and all who heard it would respond in the same way that Peter and James and John did. And they, well, they fell down on their faces, terrified. To stand alone by ourselves and to see the brightness and holiness of God would be utterly unbearable for us. That light would expose every last nook and cranny of our sin, our brokenness, our failures, our fear, our lusts, all illuminated by the divine light of God. Every secret exposed for all to see. Soul crushing would not begin to describe it. But you do not stand before the light of God by yourselves alone. Instead, Jesus dies for you that you may be there with him, clothed with him, covered from all your sin and shame with his righteousness, so that every last nook and cranny of your being is cleansed by his blood, your soul being made new in him, so that you indeed, as we say in the baptismal service, might stand before him without fear, to stand before the judgment seat of God without fear, because Christ has died for you and cleansed you from all sin. So indeed, the cross and the resurrection, the transfiguration, all speak to this reality of who you are in Christ, who God has made you to be by the death and resurrection of Jesus, by his blood that covers you from all your sin. For indeed, by Jesus' cross, by his death and resurrection, joy has come into all the world. And so he invites you to come to his table to receive the blessed fruit of the tree of this cross, his body and blood given and shed for you, his body and blood that gives to you the forgiveness of your sins, life, and salvation. To him be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.